The real estate world is changing. Opportunity is everywhere. It has never been so easy to connect, share, and bring people together. We're learning from others and finding the very best in ourselves. Challenging our beliefs, overcoming our fears, transforming ourselves so we can transform our business. This is Investor Creator. Welcome, everybody, to Welcome. another episode of Tuesday Morning Coffee. It's <laughs> Tuesday morning. We got our coffee, so we're in the right place. I, I, I trust that you are, too. That's right. So for those that don't know, this is my main man, Tony, the Too Tall Woodall. Hey, guys. How are you? Appreciate Tony being with us today. Yeah, like I'm looking day. somewhere over there or over there. Interesting. We don't know. We don't <laughs> know. funny. Just keep it, keep it steady. If I do my head this way, which way am I now? I don't know. See, this is what happened. I've been on live TV one time <laughs> in the studio, and there were about 30 cameras looking at me. <laughs> and all of them, I had no idea which one to look at. So I'm, I'm sure that that's exactly what was going on. It's like, why isn't this guy looking at the... Yeah. I mean, I'm like, hey, how y'all doing? Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. You had a good week so far? Yeah. Yeah, so far. So far. It's cooled off a little bit here, you know? Yeah. It was 100 in hell last week. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to have at least cooled off in the mornings. It's been nice. It's been nice. And I'm headed to the desert. I'm headed to Scottsdale tomorrow, mm. where it's going to be 105. So. Everybody's my age over there. Yeah. Well, we're that's older. One, that's one of the biggest retirement communities in the country. Yeah. I'm just going to go up to people and say, hey, I'm, I'm raising private money. What do you got? That's exactly right. Don't yeah. let me forget. I got to talk to you about that. I got a card to give you. All right. Cool. Sounds good. So I'm going to be in Scottsdale for the next few days. But, uh, you know, the, the good part about having a team in part is uh, things happen whether I'm here or not. So we're they gonna do. Be, we're going to be buying houses. <laughs> we know? can't always guarantee what it is. But well, that's true. That's true. But uh, which brings me to the deal of the day. This one came uh, Saturday in Louisville, Kentucky. This is oh, nice. possibly the best deal that we had for last month. But bought it for $63,000 cash. Okay. This well, is, let, hold up. Hold up now. What's the ARB on it? The ARV is 229. 229. Did it have a mortgage we'd need to take care of? No, there's no mortgage. It's free and clear. It's free and clear. Are there any repairs that would need to be made? There's about 30K in repairs. 30K. That includes updates, too. You, know, yeah, you that's, can't have no crappy no. Um, kitchen cabinets. No. And then what was your, what's your walk away, if you don't mind me asking? Well, Tom, let, let's let's not go ham sandwich. The walk away is, is the price. Oh. You know? <laughs> but... Um, yeah, we, we picked 63. it up 63K and put about 30 in it. We'll be at, say, all in at 100 to go to 229. So Ooh. we we should clear right at six figures on that deal. All right. We are going to go retail with that one and cash it out. Although a lot of what we do for our newer people is we buy creatively and we sell with owner finance. Right. So we're creating notes. Uh, we prefer notes over rentals because we don't have vacancy. And we, we don't have repair. So if... If and when they're not calling me as the bank, they're calling the, right. the HVAC That's person right. or the plumber, or whatever. So uh, it allows us to scale a larger asset base without as much uh, friction and oversight. It's not as manage management intensive. Just yesterday, I had a be in mind say, why in the world y'all go to all the trouble of financing a house when you can just rent them? The rental market's through the roof right now. And and I just said, well, we don't we don't want to. Well, it, it comes down to, do you want to deal with a, a, an owner or a tenant? Exactly right. And do you want repairs coming out of your cash flow? That's right. So, I mean, I would pose the question back to him or her. If you go to any major city and you look up at the tallest building, have you ever seen a rental company? 
And the answer is no. But oftentimes we see banks. It's like, why is that? Well, because receiving interest is more powerful than receiving rent, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a, it's a much more scalable model. So, uh, yeah, that would be a good debate. It's not wrong to have rentals, in my opinion. I think it's a really slow way to build wealth, really, really slow way to build wealth. So, yeah, we were happy to pick that one up, Louisville, Kentucky. And, nice. Uh, you know, In Louisville? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Louisville proper. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we've had several houses around the outside of Louisville. Yeah, uh, this may be, well, not the first, but, you know, we haven't bought a whole lot in Louisville proper. Uh-huh. We bought a lot in the outskirts, you know, but Louisville proper has not been. Uh, even that even that little uh, town in Indiana just across the line. just Yeah, Sellersburg. Yes, yeah, so Sellersburg. We did well on that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, which was, I mean, it's basically Louisville, but not even the same state. Right. It's right, right on the border there. So. We were happy to pick that one up and had a, had a good little month last month. Today, I want to talk about your setback is your comeback. And I was thinking about what to talk about today. This is something that I've been thinking about a lot, in part because I was watching a podcast. I can't remember which one it was, but the, the guest there said something like a, a little parable that I thought was really interesting. And this is apparently a, a Chinese parable okay. right. that there is a, an old villager and his horse ran off and the other villagers said, oh, that's terrible. And he said... Well, maybe. And then the horse came back with other horses and uh, and <laughs> they said, oh, that's great. And he said, well, maybe. And then his son got on one of the, the other horses and fell off and broke his leg. And they said, oh, that's terrible. And he said, well, maybe. Uh-huh. And then the conscription officers came by the next day and passed by his son because his leg was broken. And they said, well, that's great. And he said, well, maybe. And so it went on and on. Yeah. And I thought that that was really powerful because we never really know the full context of what's going on. Uh-huh. And so uh, this just kind of led me to, to think about the fact that you're, my, my biggest setbacks in my life and my biggest comebacks and overall victory. So the first one is not business related at all, but uh, it's kind of something I'm thinking about right now because uh, my mother that I, I had very, very little relationship with, her husband is uh, terminally ill. Okay. And I, I didn't even know his name, but but Steph, my sister, called and said, uh, you know, hey, Tim is. It looks like he's had a stroke. He's going to pass away, and he doesn't have children that he has a relationship with. And so we're basically we're taking it up upon ourselves to handle final arrangements he's for him. Yeah. And like this is a person I, I don't even know. Right. You know, didn't know his name, <laughs> and I'm thinking about just the relationship there and. You know the the past, and 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 I was thinking about this because being a, a a younger younger boy and child and teenager, I was in part resentful of being raised by my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I had less freedom because my my grandparents were extremely old school. Uh-huh. Papa was a, you know the epitome of that tough Southern man mm-hmm. farmer. I was thinking this morning about uh, this is probably the best story to encapsulate how Papa used to be before he, he got sick. He 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 really softened once he got sick in his you know the last two years of his life. But you know may, maybe in the the seventies there was somebody that that was coming into the barn and stealing feed, stealing feed. So Papa sat out there for three nights with a bottle of Jack and a four ten shotgun, shot him, shot him, shot him. Yeah. Now, he didn't shoot to kill him. Right. He didn't have a twelve gauge. <laughs> and the way Papa would say it, it's like, well, I just peppered him. Mm-hmm. You know, not a, I didn't shoot him. I didn't shoot yeah. to kill, but just peppered him a little bit. He definitely hindered his ability to sneak into the barn and steal. Yeah, he, he didn't come back. But uh, I just thought that that was really 
Uh, just peppered him. Yeah, they just peppered him, you know, because they would do that with the bull that was trying to get across the fence. They'd pepper that. Bull. They'd pe- pepper the bull. Yeah. So he just peppered him a little bit. But that's kind of how, you know, if I had to describe Papa, that was Papa. And, you know, Gran was a really sweet, but very strong, tough woman. She know? was. So velvet <laughs> steel, if I had to, to describe <laughs> Gran. But, you know, growing up, I remember, Fireball. you know, I wasn't allowed to go to friends' houses. We didn't travel ever. You know, the first vacation I ever had, uh, my uncle took me to Disney World when I was maybe eight or nine, or maybe 10. You know, like we just didn't do that. And I thought, gosh, I'm really missing out. Uncle Bubba? Uh, Bruce. Bruce. Uncle Bruce. So looking back, that was the best thing that could have happened. Yeah. That was the best thing that could have happened because I got to be raised by the World War II generation where you were, mm-hmm. you know, but there's so much value that was given to me through that process. And not only value, but you know, I remember one specific scenario. There's a birthday party. This kid was my best friend, like third and fourth grade, but he would act out in class, you know, and, and but he, me and him had a lot of fun and he had a birthday party and, and I got dropped off. 15 minutes later, here comes Grand, comes back and gets me. I was so mad. Mm. 15 minutes at the birthday party. Okay. Ended up, we found out that my friend was being raped by his stepdad. Oh, Oh, you know, so mm. you never really have the full context. You know, it's like, well, I had to to leave the birthday party early. That's terrible. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Since you were raised by your grandparents, there might have been hee-haw. On the yeah, oh, yeah, we watched that for sure. And uh, Lawrence Welk was a big thing. Oh, man. I'd watch Lawrence Welk with my grandmother every week. And uh, she just giggled. She Every time she'd laugh, she'd cover her mouth like this because she's afraid her teeth were going to come loose. Mm. And, but when, when Lawrence Wilk would say, and now Sissy and Bobby will dance the merengue, she'd just <laughs> giggle. And then after Lawrence Wilk would come home, we'd start watching the Braves. And she would, that little Methodist woman would dog cuss Bob Horner and Dale Murphy if they didn't hit a home run <laughs> every single time. She'd just transform into a different person. Oh, that's good. But anyway, on uh, Hee Haw, they had a guy, a regular actor, who would play a, a barber, hmm. and he'd set a guy down in the barber chair, and he would do that proper, but they countrified it. Okay. Yeah. Well, my mule went lame yesterday, and the old boy in the chair would say, oh, that's bad. And he'd say, well, not really. And then he'd say, because then what happened was I didn't get hit by that train. If my mule hadn't have been lame, we'd have, we'd have been right across the track and got hit. And he goes, oh, that's good. He said, well, not exactly. And they'd go on and on and yeah. on like that. And it's that you don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. So fast forward to actual business. Um, <laughs> yes. I really struggled my first couple of years buying houses and my first couple of years selling real estate as well. You know, so I got licensed in 2005, started selling real estate as a realtor, did that all the way through college, realized in the crash of 08, Hey, I've got to do something different. The the realtors that I I knew that were doing really well in 04, 05, and 06 were once again grinding or getting a job. And because I saw that too. And the people that I saw that did the best were people that had assets that cash flowed. And so I realized I, I had to create something. I had to be an owner in something. I had to own something that paid me. Well, I had three problems. I had no money. I had no credit. I didn't know what to do. So I struggled for a long time within that. But looking back, it's the best thing that could have happened. So it's like, oh, I'm really struggling in my business. And if someone had told me back then when I was 23, 24 years old, well, that's good. I don't want to punch them right in the mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, but I didn't have the context of that either. Mm-hmm. You know, because looking back, I think so fondly 
of those times where I was putting out We Buy Houses signs at 3 a.m. And we've talked about that. <laughs> or, you know, the first deal that I ever got under contract ended up falling through at the last second because of a title issue that wasn't my fault and just how just devastating that was for me. You know, and now I look back on it, it's like, that's really funny. It is because, you know, I think, I think about how, how over time it's been through all of that, that investor creator has come into being. Yeah. And so what is missed a lot of times by somebody who's going to get into a mature program is the struggle you're talking about back there that actually built the program. Yeah, that's right. I can empathize and I have a deep understanding of where someone has been if they've been struggling for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So when the expectation is, I'm going to get in this, throw some money in the, in the machine, it's going to spit out gumballs to me right away. And that doesn't happen. It's like, ah, this doesn't work. You know, it, automatically I come to a conclusion about something. Yeah. And I don't have any kind of time backwards, especially. Yeah. Uh, to show me that, well, there's a lot of things that I thought at times in my life were not the best thing, but. It turned out to be whatever made me into what I am now. Yeah. And um, that is good. It's so funny. Looking back, there were times when I thought this business does not work. And now looking back on that, it's like, okay, it, it was an obvious, it's obvious to me now where the problem lies. Yeah. 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 Todd, I won't ever forget this. Todd Bell, who's been an entrepreneur on his own for probably 25, 30 years. I was listening to Todd speak one day to a group of business leaders in Nashville. And Todd said, you know, one of you said to me last week that this doesn't work. And he said, I'm telling you, you're right. This doesn't work. I work. You yeah. work. Yeah. I just wasn't skilled back then. I had no concept of how to go to an appointment and how to run that appointment. Right. You know, that was a big problem for me. Back then, I would go to a lot of houses. And if I did throw out an offer, it was so low you know, that I would get run out of the house or, you know, more, more often I would go to a house and I would never make an offer because I was, I knew that I had someone that had a situation that was difficult for them. And I didn't want to add to that, you know, when in actuality you were helping them, it just hadn't come to that conclusion. Right. Yeah. I thought I, I was taking something from someone, Yeah, you know, and, and you were, it's just that now, you know, you were taking a problem. The problem. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, the, the context is everything. So the, the setback is the comeback. Looking at what is appearing to be the best deal we will have done up until this point, Oscar Green. So me and Tony oh. went to go see this house yesterday. And it's the same thing as like this Chinese proverb. So, you know, Tony went to the appointment as a divorce situation, as best as I remember. Mm -hmm. House needed some work. But it was in an area that we knew at some point, not sure when, but we knew at some point that this area would really hit. Because it was on the outskirts of two very, very wealthy areas that had not quite, it just hadn't hit and pushed out that far. Mm -hmm. And we had 10 acres. We had a house of 32 or so hundred square feet, detached uh, garage with living space above it. Like a lot of, had a creek in the front, a creek on the side, like had a, a lot of aesthetic appeal, but it just, the numbers weren't great yet. And I think that they wanted like 60 or 70,000 walk away at the point. Yeah. Something like that. Mm -hmm. So they owed about 360. Mm -hmm. They wanted 60 on top of that, so 420. Needed some work on top of that. The area hadn't hit. And we said, you know, just can't make it work. It's like, oh, that's terrible. Well, maybe. So then they called back and said, we're going to give it to the bank if you don't take it. 
So what did we end up by? I think three or four, maybe 5,000 bucks. Yes, maybe five grand. Yeah, 5K walk away, something like that. Took over the 360 subject to, it's like, oh, that's great. Well, maybe. Hmm. Well, then we actually had a, a difficult time selling it. So we were eating 3000 a month in the payment right. for a while. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's terrible. Well, maybe. Well, maybe. Then we found a guy that um, he gave us $20,000 in earnest money uh, and moved into the house. It's like, oh, that's great. Well, maybe. Well, he ended up not being able to buy it because the earnest money, the 20K earnest money that he gave us was in the form of a note and deed of trust against his personal residence mm-hmm. that he was going to sell. That he still hasn't sold, to my knowledge. Right. Okay. Ended up, I, I let him stay as a rental. He stayed there for about a year. Then he he couldn't close because he had filed for bankruptcy in the middle of that time. So we couldn't own or finance in the house like we had intended. And he didn't tell us. And he didn't tell us. And <laughs> he was getting sued by someone on the the house that and all that. So here we are. We're talking to another attorney that's suing my buyer that's in a bankruptcy. It, it was just a mess. And so we got it back. And we're still at the well, maybe, but so far this looks to be like a very, very good situation. So we got it back a few months ago. We've been, well, probably six months ago now. We've been sitting on it, you know, just figuring out, well, what do we want to do with it? Do we want to rent it? Do we want to own or finance it? Like, what do we want to do? Went ahead and demoed most of Demo, it. Yeah, demoed it. We knew that it was going to take some work anyway. And so um, then what happened was what we've been waiting to happen <laughs> is we had our first really, really good comp in this area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 2.9 million. Yep. 10 acres. 10 just acres. Like ours. Just like ours. Same square footage on, on the lot. Same same acreage on the lot. Lower square footage on the house, but the house is better for sure. Yeah. yeah it's a uh, gorgeous modern farmhouse. Yeah. Farmhouse, cathedral ceiling, uh, stained, everything. But it's sold for $3 million. <laughs> yeah. Now we, we're in at 360000 on ours. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Holy Ghost. You know, and ours needs some rehab. But yesterday we, we met. What what's his name? Tommy Sullivan. So you you were talking about the house that had you'd found, you know, that was the great comp. Yeah. So I went out the other uh, went out there about two weeks ago because I was headed to West Tennessee, going down eight forty. So I thought I'm gonna stop in and make sure yeah. that's okay. And I I saw the sign on Oscar Green for the house you're talking about, the comp. Yeah. So I called the guy, his name's Tommy Sullivan, and talked to him a little bit and I thought, hmm. And then he told me about other properties you sell in that area in the last year. I'm 17. I'm on one road, you know. And um, so anyway, he met us out there yesterday. Turns out it is going to be a a nice deal. You pro- you have options now with it that you could do. They won't all have the same payout. Yeah. But some will have less work than others, depending on what you decide you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I've kind of thought about just selling it off and letting someone else do the rehab. And, and I've thought about that. I I think maybe not, it'll definitely be the biggest rehab we've ever done. And we're not big rehabbers, right? But, um, I'm guessing we'll probably spend 200,000 on it. I think so. Something like that. Um, but we'll make it cool, Uh you know, and if we can ring the, you know, let's say that we have 250 in it, we're in, all in at 600K. Because I know you and him talked after the fact. Did he ever come up with numbers for you and that kind of thing? No, he, it's just the same thing he he mentioned to you. I mean, he thinks that because of the way it sits, and he's also rethinking the 10 acre thing. Yeah. Because the five other five acres, half that, the house is over to one side of the property. And we have a lot of road frontage. 
And so the other side, he's just like, it's so gorgeous. I mean, I almost feel like maybe we can get 750 for the five acre track by itself. That'd be insanity. <laughs> and then, and then the house, you know, maybe a million and a half. So then you're at 2.25. Well, that'd be okay. Yeah. That'd be okay. So, I mean, I think we're all for the right, but you, we don't ever know. We have been through so much yeah. of this with that one property. Yeah. And when we got it, it was, we, we didn't want to be ex too excited about it yet because it was just outside, just south of 840 and just north of 840, like an eight minute drive down the road, you're, you're downtown Leapers Fort. Right. So it's, it's interesting to see. And, and the two latest acquisitions at our road right there are by big time Hollywood folks. Yeah. Yeah, big, big time. Maybe, I don't think we. I don't know that we should say. I, mean, I don't maybe think we can. Yeah, it's maybe it's public record. Maybe it's not. It could be in trust. But but big TV personality and uh, big music, big huge music. Yeah, and so lot, lots of good stuff going on. You know, yeah. anytime you can say I'm three doors down from this person, uh -huh. it, it gives credence to the, the area. Yeah, yeah. You know? Now it's something right quick. Just a quick thing because I'm thinking about a lot of our new investors. Yeah. And I'm thinking about a buddy of mine that I I've known for a long time, Chuck Crisco. Yeah. And Chuck just went through his first process. Yep. And on the back end, it had, it it has been hell mm. for him to get paid out. It closed to his seller. He rehabbed it and closed it, sold it, but they held back 21 grand of his $40,000 profit because of two liens that had already been paid off but HUD had not sent the release the release yet. No. And so they were withholding his money. So he was on this roller coaster. I mean, 21 grand of a 38.5. Yeah, it's most of it. It's most of it. So he has been on this roller coaster. But that's the kind of stuff that prepares you for an Oscar Green yeah. 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what's happening at the time. That's right. And you learn more from your mistakes and the tough times than you do the good times. Yeah, no doubt. And so a lot of the value that I'm able to give other people is because, yeah, I've run into this problem. Uh -huh. If Do you remember that time? I remember where I was exactly. I was at Gold's Gym working out and we had closed that deal in White House and you were at closing and there was a $70,000 lien that popped up. Yeah. You know? And we were doing well on the deal. Mm -hmm. You know, we actually still made money with a $70,000 mm -hmm. error. Yeah, but uh, you called me, and I love Tony. Everybody knows I love Tony, but Tony has a really soft way of giving you bad news. Where I'd rather just be hitting the nose with it. You know, the conversation was like, "Brad, what are you doing right now?" <laughs> oh, I'm at the gym. Okay, put the heavyweights down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here at the closing table, and what's happened? And it's like. Spit it out, Tony. Like I, I know it's not good news. Otherwise, you wouldn't be calling me. You know, it's like that's just what happened. You know, but uh, you know, had I not had those kinds of things happen, yeah, I wouldn't be able to tell. Like we had on a support call recently. Yeah, it was, it was Tyler in Nashville. Okay, and he had a, a second lien position that they had actually found that was a HUD lien where ours got missed because it had the same loan number and it wasn't included in the payoff that we received. Right. And we thought about suing the bank on uh -huh. that. We decided not to. It's like, ah, charge it to the game. But I was able to help him with the situation because I've I've had this. Right. You know. So it was worth honestly the seventy thousand dollar education that I had to be able to to bring it. You know. <laughs> and I've got another forty years to be able to spot the problem. 
I uh-huh. hope 40, 40 years. I'm and you help enough people, it'll come back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, but whether it's a it fun does, story. Yeah, but whether it does or doesn't come back, you do the right thing anyway. Yeah. And, you know, Tony was like, well, maybe we can get some more time and try to try to figure out the the lean. I was like, look, we got to close these people. Yeah. You know, like I, I promised them a house at this price. That's right. Let's not cut this dog's tail off one inch at a time. Yeah, just just <laughs> let's lop it off. So, yeah, that's how I felt, too. That's how I felt. It was not a, a fun situation. I uh, I remember <laughs> uh, Andrew was my trainer. He's a friend. And he was like, Brad, everything OK? I was like, yeah, I lost $70,000, but let's get back to work, <laughs> you know. But all, at the end of the day, you know, that setback set me up to be able to help other people in a bigger yeah. way. Yeah. And so that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Your, your biggest setback is going to create more value for you than you realize right now. And that's what I want to leave you, you guys with is regardless of where you're at, if you're having struggles, there's a lot of benefit and value in the struggle, mm-hmm. you know? And so these setbacks, you don't have the full context quite yet. So maybe let's not get down and depressed about what might not be going well. Because all that's doing is taking away energy from the business, mm-hmm. you know, or, or the, the situation, the context, you know, over time, most things work out. Most things work out. Yeah. So riding that roller coaster is going to be a, a big negative for you over time. If you are constantly up, down, up, down, it's exhausting emotionally. It's yeah, going to be perspective is so important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, on our worst day, we are still better off than probably a third of the people on the planet on our worst day. Oh yeah, for and I'd say probably a lot bigger than a third, but for sure, for sure. All right, guys, I think that's about it for us. Tuesday morning coffee. Appreciate y'all being with us. We'll see you next week. Yeah, next week. No, what's next week? Yeah, we will. Okay, next week we'll see you then. Hey, let's do Tuesday. 